Welcome to the official podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, May Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Enjoy. This is your host, May Shayla. I will be kicking off this episode with Mike DeCastro from Yinzerscrazy.com. If you want to, you can give him a follow at MikeDupSports1 at Twitter. Now, um, Mike, introduce yourself. Yeah, I think you did a pretty good job right there, May Shayla. I appreciate it. Um, I'm the co-founder of Yinzercrazy.com. Please check it out. The Yins Are Crazy show. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Just type in Yins Are Crazy. We're also the home of the Chris Warmly show. Uh, if you're a big Steelers fan, all of our content, uh, or a lot of our content, I say, I should say, is geared towards the Steelers. So you have to check us out. Uh, subscribe, like I said, on YouTube. And follow me on Twitter, like Shay said, at MikeDevSports1. All right. So there's been, like, a lot of talk going around the AFC North Division, the Steelers football team, to be more exact. See, because I think what got everybody put back onto the Steelers, or almost everyone, is when they came up with a big, massive win at home, a game that another game I was actually in attendance, was the game against the Baltimore Ravens, which, to me, changed the landscape of the AFC North Division, like, by massive. Because at first, everyone thought that the Ravens were going to run away with the division, because the Bengals started to shake up a little, even though they did dominate and sweep the Steelers, um, but getting dominated by Cleveland, who Pittsburgh defeated, and things like that. So do you still think the AFC North is up in the air? Do you think the Steelers can grab it? Or do you think like they should focus more on getting into the playoffs? Because me, personally, I don't think that it matters at this rate whether you win the division or not. It matters if you get into the playoffs, because... There are just no favorites, not only in the AFC North, but in the AFC because there's weaknesses everywhere. So what is your takes on that? And what is your takes on the Steelers' fate so far? Yeah, we saw them win the division last year, and you're right. That didn't mean a whole lot because they lost their first playoff game at home against the Browns. So I think first and foremost, the goal is to still win the AFC North. It always is. And they do have a chance. It's absolutely wide open, uh, as you alluded to. You know, the Steelers are only a game and a half out of first place behind the Ravens. Uh, and they obviously had that head-to-head victory over the Ravens already. 
They control their own destiny uh, in the AFC North, as crazy as that sounds. They will have a chance to play the Ravens and the Browns uh, and knock off both. And I think if they do that and split against the Titans and the Chiefs, uh, they, they'll make the playoffs at the very least. Um, but it's not going to be an easy task. Obviously, this is a team that um, has a lot of holes right now, still struggling with the offensive line, can't stop the run on defense. So things will have to, to really turn around uh, when it comes to actual gameplay and execution. But this team to win three out of our last four games against pretty good opponents. Um, but... Yeah, the AFC North is wide open, and you're absolutely right. I've always said, once you get in the playoffs, you have a chance to win the whole thing. So right. that should be the goal. Yeah, and it's what's crazy. It's like, I'm, some fans, you know, at least most fans on my timeline, it's just given, has given up on this season so far. You know, because they're not liking how the Steelers, they're not, they're not liking the Steelers' chances of making the playoffs or winning the AFC North division. Um, but, like, I don't think what they understand, not every time the Steelers have made the Super Bowl, they have won the division or have made a good run in the playoffs, they have won the division. There are at least, I've counted at least two, three times Pittsburgh made the playoffs without winning their division. So, even though I think that you're right, obviously the goal is to, you know, retain your title that you reclaimed when Roethlisberger returned last year. But it's like, at this rate, it doesn't matter to me because... I prefer you, you know, not instead of winning the division and going one and done and pretty much being punched in the face at home, I'd rather you, you know, not win the division, make the playoffs, make a good run because to me that season would be more meaningful because we've seen them win the division on numerous times. The question is, when are we going to see another Super Bowl and can we see it this year? Because like I said, the AFC is up in the air. It's like there's no favorites and even though I'm on my own island with this, but I actually like their chances against Kansas City, and I like their chances against Tennessee this Sunday. I actually was the one who predicted them to beat the Vikings, even though at first I did have them losing to Minnesota and then winning out. I changed my pick out of favoritism and biasness, getting doing the mistake that many people has done, which is getting caught up in the victory against the Ravens. I think that the Vikings lost was their last loss of the season. I think that was just the loss to be like, okay, it's either now or never, you know? Because I've seen this story yeah. before. It's like, this is nothing new. It's like, it's not the Steelers' way if it ain't the hard way. That's the way I see it. The Steelers were yeah. never the number one seed in the AFC when they win. They were never. I can't give you one time in any of their Super Bowl appearances, their Super Bowl wins, where they were ever the number one seed, not even the Bradshaw era. So to me, they clearly know by history they don't need to be the number one seed. They know by history they don't need to be, you know, the AFC North champions, as great as that would sound, especially with how tough the division is this year. I think, you know... The Bengals lost to the Vikings, and if they lose again, it could. And Pittsburgh handles their business this Sunday. It can regain because it's like they already beat Cleveland, they beat Baltimore, even though they did get swept by Cincinnati. So it's like, based on what that is, how do you like the Steelers' chances against the AFC? Uh, I think you said it when you mentioned that they, you know, they won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, without being the top seed. They did it in 2008 when they beat the Cardinals. Um, 
and on the reverse side of that, when they, when they lost to the Packers back in, I want to say 2013, the Packers made it all the way to the Super Bowl as the last seed there, and then number six seed won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's what I've always said. You just need to make the dance to have a chance, uh, and I do think that would certainly apply to, to this year's team, even though you're right, there are a lot of people on Twitter and social media who are like, what's the point of making the playoffs? This team stinks, um, yeah. But you never know, right? Some teams can get hot. Some teams get lucky. You have a few, you know, bounces go your way. A few turnovers, you know, some tip balls to the line of scrimmage. And you just never know. But you have to be in the playoffs to even have that chance, right, right. for things to break your way. So, yeah, I mean, if, if your prediction holds true and they win their last four games, they'll win the AFC North. Uh, that would put them at 10-6-1. And, and too many people are going to, you know, these teams are going to beat up on each other. AFC North because everybody still plays each other twice uh, in that division. The Ravens still play, you know, the Steelers and the, the Bengals, and you know, the Steelers still play the Browns and the Ravens, obviously, and you know, vice versa when it comes to the Bengals and the Browns. So it's wide open. Um, but yeah, given the way the Steelers have played this season, it's hard to to think they're going to win the last four. But you never know. Once more, it starts with Tennessee. If you gain a little momentum, you win that game. They have a chance to go on a run. I think if they lose the game this Sunday, it's it's all but over. Yeah, you know it could it could get downhill because you know Tennessee, I think will be the only team they have played this year with Derrick Henry being out, who practically won't have a running game. And even though they have a you know, I'll say a pretty vice versa history with the Titans when it comes to wins and losses, but I think I think it starts to Sunday, and it's like. A lot of people, you know, calling for Ben's job, you know, calling for calling Claypool out. I think this is, might be the week where he starts to shut a lot of mouths up again, which is something I think he should have been doing. Um, it's like the point that, you know, me, people like you, people like I and many others is trying to tell Steeler fans is the season is far from over. It's far right. from over because it's like nobody's clinching playoff berths. Okay, everyone knows the Bucks is gonna most likely gonna clinch this Sunday. Everyone knows that because it's like one who's in the Bucks division to stop them. Nobody, and they are literally well, them and the Packers are literally the only team right now who can say that. But the other divisions is wide open. The Rams beating the Cardinals this Sunday. DeAndre Hopkins is actually out. Right there yep, tells you it's that. up in yeah, and then you got the 49ers who was just in the same boat as the Steelers, even with all their injuries, they're now in the playoffs. You actually got the Washington football team back in the playoffs right now. It's like then you got Indianapolis who could lose this Sunday to the Patriots, and Pittsburgh beats Tennessee. And I think honestly, their next matchup between them two is going to determine who wins the AFC South division. I don't think the Titans is going to clinch this Sunday because the Steelers are obviously going to be highly motivated from what they've been hearing all week, things of that nature, seeing that their own fans are starting to turn on them and things like that. And honestly, I just think that, you know, this is just not a good time for fans to turn on their team because it's like, if you don't, it's like, to me personally, if you don't remember how a story like this is played out once before, then can you really speak on the Bill Coward or the beginning of the Tomlin era or things like that? Because I've never met not one Steeler team that has been all glitz and glams and it's been a smooth, 
it's been a smooth ride all the way. I could be wrong yeah. on that, but I I don't remember that. So it's yeah, like, when they have had that, they've lost playoff games. So I mean, they had some amazing teams with Big Ben and you know Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, the killer bees, and then you know teams that went thirteen and three during the regular season, teams that had a chance to win a Super Bowl, and then they collapsed in the playoffs. So. Um, for whatever reason, they've done better in the playoffs, at least in recent history, when they're a lower seed. Exactly. That's what I think so, too. And I'm like, okay. See, I I actually was one of those who actually watched the, you know, 2005 story, because that's what this story reminds me of, honestly. You know, your, def- your run defense really ain't that great. Um, your secondary is kind of starting to come together, you know, make it splash plays and stuff. Your offensive line, I see what kills me is that, okay, even though Ben is much older now, but this is not the first time he's attempted to make a run with a battle line. Like, I can't remember not one year where the Steelers went to the Super Bowl and Ben had a top-tier offensive line. Like, he was the most, to me, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you could correct me on this one if I'm a little inaccurate. But in all of his Super Bowl runs and of all his good playoff runs, he was the most sacked quarterback entering those runs. Yeah, so it's like, I'm not 100% sure what the stat is, but he's always, always been at the top of that list. And a lot of that because of the way he played, which was he was you know, more mobile in the past and would you know, extend plays, hold the ball longer, and that led to a lot more sacks. It's like, I did, it's, just, it's just a lot going on now. So with this being said, based on what you're seeing right now, what is the Steelers' chances of coming out on top of the AFC? Do you think that they can? Do you think they are the sleeper team out of everyone in the AFC? Out of them, the Dolphins, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, who were actually favored to win the division, um, Chiefs, Chargers. Then you got the Colts, you can't forget about the Bills and the Patriots, and the Bills who actually took a massive drop from the number one seed, the number two seed. Now it's looking more like their loss against the Steelers could actually come back to haunt them if they lose another game and Pittsburgh wins this Sunday against Tennessee, which I think is going to happen. The Steelers going to win. I'm not sure if the Bills going to lose because I'm not sure who they play, but say if the Bills lose and the Steelers win, people don't understand, and you know the Bengals and the Browns lose, Browns lose, well, they actually don't need Cleveland to lose. They just need to handle their business and, you know, win. The Steelers can actually sneak in as the seventh seed, seed, you know, as the seventh seed this Sunday. So it's like, how do you like their chances with that happening? Like, based on what you saw, because we talk about collapse from the Steelers, the collapse from the Bills, you know, the Chiefs defense is still looking questionable, even though they did come up a massive win against the Raiders um, who did a pretty good number on the Steelers as well. It's like, how do you feel about this? It's like, if you're, if you're a Steeler fan, what would be your advice to other users out here? What's your advice to Steelers? uh, Yeah. So to go back to kind of the original question in terms of sleeper team, I, I really think it's the Colts for me. This is a team that, I think has won six of their past seven games. It's really, really hot right now. And they have, you know, one of the easier schedules down the stretch the last four games. Their running game with Jonathan Taylor has really taken off, and their defense is, is pretty darn good. They have some yeah. stars on that side of the ball. 
guys like Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. So I, I actually think that they're going to beat the Patriots this weekend, even though Steeler fans should be rooting for the Patriots to knock the Colts down a bit. Yeah. Um, I think I think two of the wildcard teams are pretty much going to be locked in. I'm pretty sure the Chargers are going to be one of them. Uh, if they somehow beat the Chiefs tonight, they have an outside chance to win that division, actually, the AFC yeah, West. And then I think, I think so Chiefs too. would be the the Chiefs would be the wild card team. Yeah, exactly. And then I have the Colts penciled in as another one. So I think there's going to be the third spot, right? Is that what, what everybody's going to be fighting for? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's two chances for the Steelers to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's... One is to win AFC North, and the other is that last wild card spot because I think they can be two AFC North teams uh, when it's all said and done. I think if they go three and one, they can win the AFC North. And I also think if they didn't, if things didn't break their way, that they would get that last wild card spot. So um, we're going to have some some anarchy. The teams are going to beat up on each other. Like I said, Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers all play each other in the division at least twice to end the season. So um, I think it's it's going to be you know for a frantic finish, and uh, the Steelers could absolutely absolutely get into the playoffs i just don't know what afterwards you know you have to see who they're playing where they're playing and then you can assess their chances from there yeah i actually i actually have to agree with you like um i think you know the patriots and the colts game i'm still up in the air on that one because it's like you can't bet against indianapolis but you can't bet against you know the patriots right now yeah yeah belichick so that's like a pretty hard thing because it's it's like, it's not even the Colts versus the Patriots. I think the two biggest X factors is this. It's Jonathan Taylor, phenomenal running back. To me right now, the best running back in football. No question. To me, I think so because the way he's practically, what many would say, carrying the Colts, it's just like, you don't have answers for this guy. And in order for you to beat this team, you must answer that bell before you get ready to answer others. And I'm not even sure if do they have T.Y. Hilton back yet. And if they do, that's another problem. But then you're the Patriots who's just been playing extremely well all around. And I'm not even sure who's home that game. So it's honestly, that would be a game that I would love to watch. But of course, after the Steelers and the Titans game. Because to me, that's these are games that's just going to not only determine who will win their division or who has a better shot at winning their division, but who also can win the AFC, and, you know, I think, like, the teams that are battling right now, like the massive game Steelers and the Titans, Colts and the Patriots, these are the teams that we're most likely going to see in the playoffs. I agree with you that the Steelers most likely would sneak in as the seventh seed if they don't win the AFC North because it's, like, it's just open for them. I think what people are doing a little too much of is leaving open space for this team. And I don't think that's what you want to do, especially with the history of Roethlisberger, the history of Tomlin, the history of the Steelers. I don't think you want that because what I'm afraid of for other teams, it's going to be great for people like you, people like me, but not too great for them is like history has a better shot at repeating itself if that was to happen. So... If you're so your advice to Steeler fans when you know those who are writing off the season, what would be your advice to them and where you think they should go from there? From here, correctly. Yeah. My advice would be let it play out. Don't be so up and down. And it feels like every time this team wins a game, everybody says they're going to the Super Bowl, they're back, Ben is back, he looks great, the line is coming together, the defense played well, and 
and every time they lose a game, it's like, oh, you know what? This team is the worst team I've ever seen. <laughs> they need to trade everybody. They need to, you know, get rid of them. Draft a quarterback, oh rebuild this thing completely. So that, that's my advice: is let it play out, right? Because, right, it, you know, it, everybody's so knee jerk all the time. Everybody, you know, if they beat the Titans this weekend, you know what's going to happen? Everybody's going to be like, oh, this team has a chance. Actually, they got a lot of fight. I can't believe that they came back and and showed, you know, their their medal against a good team. If they lose this weekend, everybody's going to say, you know what, it's time to pack it in. So that that's my advice overall: is just don't overreact. Right, just wait till wait till the end of the season and then evaluate it instead of evaluating week to week. Right. See, oh my, you know, I'm actually glad I brought you up here this episode because it's <laughs> like that's exactly what I've been saying since day one. You know, since their loss against the Raiders, their loss against the Bengals at home, this is what I've been telling them all along. And everyone called me insane when I said that they were going to turn it around and beat Denver and Seattle, and which they did. And everyone was just going to, you know, keep going. It's like, oh, we're going this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And then it's like they were doing that last week against the Ravens. Then, you know, short week, pretty banged up coming in. Um, tough loss against the Vikings. Here they are writing them off again. So it's like, pick a side, stay with it, you know? But don't sit yep. here and just keep flopping, flopping, flopping. It's either you believe in this team or you don't. Right, and I'd rather go down swinging than than be one of the people that um, says, you know sprites them off and then has them make the play has them make the playoffs and then jump back on bandwagon. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. with you. You're either you're either with it or you're not, and and you know you support it or you don't. And right now we're seeing a lot of people that don't support it, unfortunately. But are gonna support it, you know? Right, if they, they make the playoffs. Yeah, definitely, and. That's, you know, all I have for you today. I would actually like to thank you for taking this time to join me to kick off this podcast. Thank you very much. I really, you know, will push for the Steelers. Hopefully they will, you know, make history again as the lowest seed. You and I both know how that plays out for them and go from there. And, well, I will be back next week to, you know, recap what happens this week and things of that nature thank you mike for having you know for being a guest thank you shay for having me always nice catching up with you and happy holidays to you and your family you too thank you thanks shay really appreciate it i'll uh i'll go ahead and retweet it whenever you, you put it out all right just tag me so i see it got tag you. is a crazy show no problem i got you thank awesome you mike stuff. all right go steelers <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. See ya, Jeff. See ya. We're back at it, the show. Um, that was Mike DeCastro from Yenzer Crazy joining me on this episode of the Mike Bomb, where I was kicking off about the AFC North Division, the fate for the Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, Browns. I think, like I've said before, I think Mike pretty much summed it up is it's up in the air. Because it's like, you don't know how this year is going to play out. It's just, there's many W's and L's that are coming this weekend that's going to change the landscape. The ASC to me, is coming down to the wire. I don't know where you can write off teams. You can't even write off the Dolphins right now. How are you going to write off the Steelers? You know, 
you can't even write them off. So you can't write off them. You can't write off the Bengals because they swept the Steelers, beat the brakes off the Ravens, who are number one in AFC North right now. Then you got the Brunt. Then you got the Steelers, who also beat the Ravens. The Browns, who just beat the Ravens. The Ravens beat them. Pittsburgh beat Cleveland. Game two is actually in two more weeks in Pittsburgh between them. And then game two is the against the Ravens. It's the following week in Baltimore. So it's just extremely hard and you know to just say, oh yeah, the season's over. You know, I think Mike said it best that. The best advice I can give Steeler fans is what I've been giving them this whole year. Shut the hell up and let the season play yourself out. Because you could say, oh, it's not happening. Oh, it's too late. Let me remind you. Let me give you an example. Pittsburgh beat Buffalo. The Bills lose this weekend. Pittsburgh wins. The Steelers can take the Bills' spot as, you know, the seventh seed. And if the playoffs was to start then, the Steelers would be in the playoffs. But Pittsburgh does have to handle their business against Tennessee. And I actually think they are. I'm not expecting a blowout win. I'm not expecting the Steelers to blow anyone out the remainder of these weeks. But am I expecting them to win? Yes. Am I expecting them to get hot at the right time? Yes. Can they? Yes. Because I am not liking a lot of these teams this year who are ahead of Pittsburgh right now. And not only is it going to change the landscape of the divisions, the, the NFC West, the A, correct me, the AFC West, the AFC South, along with the AFC North, but it's going to change the landscape of the AFC these remaining four games because I actually like the fact that the Steelers are playing, you know, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Baltimore because this actually prepares them for the playoffs in my opinion because these are playoff caliber teams so if you really want to know if the Steelers are ready for the playoffs this this stretch right here will be the stretch that's going to determine that and I think they are obviously the O-line is not that great but the O-line has never been great in the Ben Roethlisberger era in any of his most meaningful seasons it has not been I mean None of you can give me a season where the Steelers have made the Super Bowl and they had a top-tier offensive line. They had those that came up in the moments that they needed to. They had those that came up in the moments, you know, you would, well, obviously you would, you know, you would want to, you would want them to come up in every moment. But obviously it's football, it's reality that's not happening. So, with all of this being said, my advice to the Steelers, the season is far from over for you. It's, you know it's not looking good right now. You're 6-6-1. I understand you, you know, tied against the Lions and all of that, but you did not have your starting quarterback. So, I, you could say that's the excuse you get. So, I guess the team may get an excuse, but obviously the coaches doesn't because that game was winnable with or without Ben. And obviously, if you would have had been, you would have won that game. And you'll be 7-6 right now. But it's starting to shake up in the AFC where I think a lot of people's losses to the Steelers are, you know, going to backfire them. Are going to, you know, come to backfire them. Because it's like the Bills' loss to the Steelers is starting to look like it's starting to backfire. Um, you got the Ravens' loss to the Steelers is starting to backfire because that's what opened the division in my opinion. 
And I just think that, you know, then you can't you can't overlook the Ravens. Honestly, Lamar Jackson is day to day with a high ankle sprain that he suffered in, you know, Sunday's loss against the Browns. I understand that, you know, you got Baker pretty banged up. Every quarterback at AFC North right now is banged up. Burrow with his throwing finger on his pinky, within his pinky. Baker with his shoulder. Ben with his pack and his shoulder. Lamar with his ankle. You could say their best abilities, you know, are pretty, on their quarterbacks are pretty banged up. But see, that's AFC North. You know, it's not AFC North football if you don't come in and out of games banged up. And... Bengals sweeping the Steelers, obviously, can hurt Pittsburgh in the end. Them beating, the Ravens losing to the Bengals can hurt in the end. And, you know, the Browns beating the Bengals and beating the Ravens, you know, can, can hurt in the end. So here's how I think the division's going to play out. It's either they're going to make the number, they're either going to be the AFC North champions and be either one of the top four seeds, or they're going to make the seventh seed and sneak in. Because... It's at this rate, I think Mike on the previous segment said it best that the Colts, I think, are locked in. I think that, you know, the Chargers will make the playoffs. I was wrong. I actually was one of those who said they would not make it, but I think they are. Um, but if Denver grabs the seventh seed or, you know, if Denver grabs that seed and Chargers lose out, obviously that will help the Steelers due to beating Denver week, you know, week five, I believe it was. So it's just my advice, let the season play itself out. That's my advice to the Steelers. My advice to the Bengals, you know, tough loss at home. You got this week to redeem yourself. I believe you play the Broncos either this Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure. But the season's far from over for you. And it's vice versa with Cleveland and Baltimore as well. Obviously, if Lamar Jackson can be out there, he's going to play. You know, Lamar is tougher than I thought he would be, honestly. And he's proved me wrong within toughness. So I'm expecting Lamar Jack. I'm expecting the Ravens to have Lamar Jackson. And if not, I think, you know, their backup can hold it down for them for at least a week or two until Lamar gets good. At, you know, he ain't going to be 100% healthy. But he will be healthy enough to, you know, make a run in the playoffs or to get the Ravens into the playoffs. And things of that nature so here's how I think it's gonna play out the Ravens just might sneak in um because it's it's like it's hard to overlook John Harbaugh one thing I learned as my years of a Steeler fan is the one thing John Harbaugh has learned how to do is sneak his team in when others don't pay attention but unfortunately for Mr. Harbaugh, this time your team is leading the division right now. But how long is the question? And, you know, can the Browns win the division again? They beat Pittsburgh there. They have a great shot. I, I think so. I don't think it's going to happen. But they do have a good shot if they beat the Steelers. Because obviously beating the Ravens was a massive win for them. Ravens going on a losing streak. Um, I don't see Baltimore losing out. So... We never know, but it's like, it seems like one thing that is bothering me, everybody has a chance but the team that's right in the middle of the pack. 
you know, a team that got at least one win over every single body but the Chiefs, Titans, Bengals. Well, and the Patriots because they play one another this year. But that's pretty much it. So with all of this being said, calm down. I understand there's some rough patches. I should have never changed my pick of picking the Vikings um, to lose to the Steelers, knowing that they were gonna go on a point they were gonna go on a four-game win streak, and obviously get hot enough to make a playoff run. I actually had them losing to Minnesota and changed my pick at the very last minute, right before you know I launched you know, the previous episode of the Mike Bomb, and I shouldn't have, because then that would, I think with, you know, many Steeler fans who listen to my podcast, I think many would have understood that, okay, you know, we were warned, we were told that we was going to lose to Minnesota, and obviously bounce back against Tennessee, Kansas City, and keep the streak going, you know, because I think by now they have finally learned their lesson of, just running play action, no huddle, just possibly being Ben's last games, allowing him to be himself. And I think we're going to get a definite, we're going to get more than it just being Ben's last games if that continues because I don't see anyone in the AFC who can stop that offense within the pass. Especially if the defense plays up to its potential and they play for the remainder of the season how they played the second half against the Vikings when they started answering the call for the run or the way they played against the game against the Browns when they played Nick Chubb and had answers for him as well. I don't, it's like, we're starting to see them find their identity and I think it's going to continue this Sunday. I think we're going to understand officially who the Pittsburgh Steelers are. So it's not just do or die for the Steelers, but it's do or die for the whole AFC. Because not only can you lose your division, but you can also lose the spot in the playoffs. It's a juggernaut. It's like there's no sorry teams this year. It's do or die for everyone. So my advice is this to Steeler fans. Calm down. Let the season play itself out. They're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll figure it out. They'll find a way, one way or another. Just let it die out. This loss against Minnesota, I think they needed to understand where the hell they are. And let's just go from there. And that's all I have on this segment. Um, Good luck to everyone in AFC North and the AFC. You can actually tune into a lot of these games. Starting with the Chargers and the Chiefs game, which is tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox, NFL Network as well. If you have Amazon, you can watch it there as well. Um, You can also watch the Steelers and the Titans on CBS this Sunday, 1 p.m. in Hinesville. And you can watch the Browns and the Raiders game this, this Saturday on NFL Network, I believe. Then you can, you know, tune into those games Watch how it play, y'all. I'm not sure who the Bengals play this week. I can actually, you know, look it up, sort of, of who they play this week. Because their game, I think a lot of people are not talking about. And that game has playoff implications with Denver beating the Chargers. You know, losing to the Steelers, Bengals sweeping the Steelers. A lot can actually come out of that game. So, with all of this being said... 
oh, this game is actually a massive one. They're actually going to Malhai. The Bengals are going to Malhai, both with the host, you know, with the Denver Broncos. Where their both teams are seven and six against one another. And yeah, this game is actually pretty interesting. I'm actually looking at this game right now. So the Bengals seven and six are traveling to Mile High, where they will be playing the Denver Broncos, who are also seven to six. Denver winning three out of four of the last games versus Cincinnati. Wow, um, this game actually can change a lot because Steelers beat Titans to Sunday. Bengals lose another game. Not only will they drop, they can possibly be last in the division because I think the Browns, you know, can beat the Raiders even though they won't have Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, um, Jarvis Landry. They're going to be losing a lot of their starters, but the Raiders' defense is very questionable against the run, and with having Nick Chubb and Darnish Johnson with Kareem Hunt most likely being out this Sunday, I think it's going to play out well for the Browns. Or if Cleveland does lose this game, and then if Cincinnati winds up tying, and the Steelers win, the Steelers can be the number one seed in the AFC North. You know, they will only be a half a game behind Baltimore. So yes, Steeler fans, there still is a chance. Yes, Steeler fans, but it do start with the Steelers handling their business. So, wow, actually, yeah, that actually shocked me. So, don't panic. It's not over yet. Good luck to all teams. And, yeah, go Steelers. See you next segment. Um, and I'm out. Welcome back to the Mike Bomb Podcast. This is your host, me, Shayla, once again, checking in. Um, so, on this segment... I'm going to speak more about the Urban Meyer situation along with, obviously, you know, Cleveland Brown players, at least 14 people testing positive, obviously positive, you know, COVID tests being spread around the Rams locker room as well. And not only around them, but around the NFL, along with, you know, Urban Meyer being fired, which I already started with. So I'm going to just kick off with the Urban Meyer situation. I think that, you know, based on how things are playing out well against Jacksonville, people speaking out about who should be playing, who shouldn't be, what should be happening, what isn't happening, you know, versus what is happening, along with obviously former players or former executives and things like that calling out Urban Meyer. Um... I think that the firing was just the only thing only thing that was else around the corner, if that makes sense. And what do I mean by that? I mean that, you know, Urban Meyer being fired as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, it's, I'm not going to say long overdue because this hasn't even been a full year, you know, or full season, to be completely honest, even though the Jaguar season is pretty much over with as they are eliminated out of playoff contention. They're back in the top five of the NFL draft and things of that nature. With all of this being said, I actually, you know, applaud, you know, their former kicker for coming out, you know, 
pretty much telling on his former head coach, Urban Meyer, and, you know, mentioning how he pretty much was a human being who got his, you know, who got feet put on him by another human being. If that is true, I think that, you know, Urban Meyer deserves to be fired. Not only because you're not living up to your height that you came off after coaching, you know, a high college program such as Ohio State, but you put your foot on someone and you think that was just going to get thrown under the rug. See, no, things like that only gets thrown under the rug is when one, your great head coach who has a lot of players backing you up in which Urban Meyer obviously doesn't. Two, when your team is winning, which the Jaguars has not done since 2017 when Doug Marone was the head coach. Um, when you when you put your foot on someone and you forces you know, that forces people to be to be fired, you know, and then. Afterwards, then prior to, you know, obviously the kicker Josh Lambeau coming out saying that Urban Meyer put his foot on him, it was already a report that, you know, tensions were already boiling over between Urban Meyer and Jaguar players along with the staff members after a 2-10 start, according to NFL.com. I just cannot believe that, you know, a coach that came off such a high caliber resume in college would cause ditch much, you know, toxicity in the NFL within his staff. Urban Meyer was obviously someone who many respected. A three-time national champion at Florida and Ohio State, coaching his team, obviously, you know, embracing and creating, you know, a winning culture within his franchises in college, coming to the NFL with expectations to do the same for the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially after they drafted both Trevor Lawrence and Travis Aintine from Clemson in the first round of this past year's draft. Travis Aintine obviously being out, but they had a running back, James Robinson, who Trevor actually came out and stated who deserves more playing time and should get the ball more um, playing still. But it's it's out of a lot of things that just went wrong. You know, they've lost four games in a row, five out of their six since their week seven bye, averaging only 10.7 points per game in that span. You know, their best running back was benched last week for whatever circumstances. Um, it's just, it's just not looking good in Jacksonville. You know, while they also, while they opted, you know, not to fire him after week four's loss against the Bengals. Um, they, you know, let's just say this was just best for all players. I think Jaguars owner, you know, Khan came out and already said that. You pretty much already summed that up because it's like, here's the deal. Urban Meyer had, you know, a heated argument with 
assistant coach Marvin Jones and other assistant coaches in Jacksonville and pretty much calling them losers. So now that got me, you know, that got me questioning. Was the problem really, you know, Urban Meyer or is it the Jaguars just not willing to win? Because they are known for being a team that had everything going for them and just find a way to mess it up. Like they did their 2017 defense to me, you know, which was a pretty great defense. They just corrupted, let walk, not sign players back, not pay people their money, let, uh, you know, high caliber players being traded away to other organizations who were on the same task as they are. The difference is the other organizations they were traded to obviously showed more passion within that, which is why they're, you know, improving with those players that they got from Jacksonville while the Jaguars is just continuing to go downhill. You know, um, when a quarterback at this stage in his career is pretty much coming out saying that, you know, he's not liking the way things are being ran in Jacksonville, it, it questions, you know, me, you know, it questions because it's like, Shad Khan is, you know, a man of the least words and he had to make a statement yesterday after the fire after obviously making the call as the team owner to fire urban meyer as the head coach this is some of the things that you know former players called out tom coughlin for you know not going to say names of who obviously if you paid attention around the league you know who those names are but the problem that i think they don't they may have the right players in the in Jacksonville for things to go but they just don't have you know the right coaches you know the right you know the right people to guide these players into greatness and that's the segment and that's like what's really causing all this controversy cuz before it was Urban Meyer it was Tom Coughlin so, you know, it's like the Jacksonville Jaguars are just struggling to build a winning culture because the lack of leadership within the people who are in power. And Urban Meyer's situation, yes, it's a failure because it's like, this is not what we saw at Florida. This is not what we saw at Ohio State. I know I damn sure didn't, but it's just hard. And obviously after the firing, you know, The head coach, obviously, you know, Shad Khan is a man of lease, obviously said that, you know, Darrell Bevel, who is the intern head coach, will be, you know, finishing off the season as the head coach while succeeding Meyer. Um, over many weeks through an entirely of Urban's tenure with our team, I am bitterly disappointed to arrive at the conclusion that an immediate change is imperative for everyone. I informed Urban of the change this evening. As I stated in October, regaining our trust and respect was essential. Regrettably, it did not happen. Um, obviously, Trent Blake 
continues as our general manager and will work with Darrell to ensure that our team will be inspired and competitive while representing Jacksonville proudly over our final four games of the season. In spirit of closure and recharging our players, staff, and fan base, I would not comment further until some point following the conclusion of the NFL season. So, with this being said, Urban Meyer did not have, according to the owner, did not have the respect nor the trust of, you know, the team, the franchise. So, why was this long overdue or why was this overdue? Because when you lose respect, that means they're not taking you seriously. They're going to side-hide you. They hear you, but they don't hear you. Then, you know, they're not trusting you, which means they have no faith, no loyalty towards you. It's like the one common denominator within the players, the coaches, you know, the, the, the remainder of the staff, the team owner is you. So my advice to Urban Meyer, I think it's best if he finds a job in college football again, if he can. Or, you know, find another coach to, or find another head coaching job because it's not it in Jacksonville. Obviously, he wants a coach there that they don't want. They both want winning coaches, I'm expecting, but obviously in different ways. And I think the way things came off from both parties led to this, you know, led to this. I think the owner, you know, Shad Khan should have got involved earlier in the season. I think, like, he should have just laid it all on the map. So when the season does, you know, come to this point, maybe the team could have been, you know, performing better. Maybe, you know, things of that nature you know, things would have not led to what it led to, or at least would have not led in this way to a point that the public knows. And the fact that Urban Meyer, if it's true that he did kick, you know, Josh Lambeau, then yeah, you need your ass kicked. You don't just need to be fired. You need your ass whooped. Because as from one human being to another, you are not entitled to put your feet on one human being to another. You know, out of respect, you have no right to kick someone. And I wouldn't understand why a kicker will come out his face and lie like this. And if he did, and this is not true, then I would not want to be that kicker because you could possibly be playing your last down in the NFL for the Jacksonville Jaguars as the Jacksonville Jaguar because of that. You know, the franchise obviously won't bring you back if that turns out to be a lie. And no other franchise would want to sign you because one, you'll be a liar, two, you'll be a troublemaker, and that's the number one thing that a lot of teams or all teams, you know, at this rate would do everything they can to ignore. But if it is true, then I don't think Urban Meyer will be getting another job in the NFL anymore because, or maybe anywhere, because nobody's going to want to play for him. Nobody's going to want to play for someone who they don't trust and they don't respect, period. And that's all I gotta, you know, say on this segment. So now on to the Rams game, obviously. Um, before the game against the Cardinals, before their, you know, victory against Arizona, 
cornerback, star cornerback Jalen Ramsey was forced to be sent back home on a private plane to LA because he tested positive for COVID out of the blue. So he wasn't able to play that game. And I think their tight end as well was also forced to, you know, go back home as well. I think their quarantine, then it came in this morning that their star wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., is also tested positive for COVID. So I'm not expecting to see him out there this Sunday, but hell, I could be wrong. TJ Watt tested positive and look what happened. But, um, yeah, this COVID disease is obviously followed around everywhere. Obviously, teams like Pittsburgh, Ben testing positive, Minka testing positive, TJ testing positive. Um, it's been hitting around. It's been hitting around the AFC North practically this whole year within the Ravens locker room as well. But this is more about the Browns. So we're I'm going to get started on that. Um, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, quarterback Baker Mayfield, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, and many others. I think 11 more people has tested positive for COVID and is currently on the COVID-19 slash injured reserve list and are expected to not be able to make the trip to Las Vegas this Sunday to play the Las Vegas Raiders while battling not only for the AFC North title still, but for a playoff berth in the 2021 NFL playoffs. Um, obviously, it's going to hurt them because if they're not vaccinated, then they're forced to quarantine for two weeks. If they are, they're, they're you know, have to quarantine for less than that or at least until at least two negative tests have occurred um when you're in that predicament you gotta feel sorry you gotta feel for them because it's like no matter what you do there's obviously things that are going to occur and we are still in the middle of pandemic even with the vaccine and i think a lot of people don't understand about the vaccine let me clarify something to you the vaccine does not prevent you from getting covid the vaccine you know, prevents you from dying from COVID. So if you're vaccinated, then you possibly, you have a, you know, most likely you won't die from it. You'll still catch it. So if you do catch it, you're not going to die from it because like many others have, because you're vaccinated, you know, inside the vaccine, they obviously got things where it kicks its it kicks the germs ass to a point that it doesn't affect you know you in an abnormal way is what I'll say. Um, but missing Kevin Stefanski, obviously they beat the Steelers without him. So, but they did have Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry down that stretch who they're missing. Nick, I mean Nick Chubb, I believe is playing this Sunday if I'm not mistaken. Um. Running back Kareem Hunt is obviously out with an ankle injury. So he's day-to-day. Most likely he's out this week. I don't see the purpose of bringing him back when you got Nick Chubb and I think Darnus Johnson, who to me can be a number one anywhere he goes. I actually like him and pretty sold on him. But with all of this being said, it's just at the point where everyone, you know, it's coming back around. And when you're the Browns, obviously you're going to be worried because, you know, you're not, let's just say you're not, you know, 
you, you weren't expecting this and you were mind blown. You know, the the outbreak, you know, being no, has been no discussion about moving forward with the Week 15 game versus the Raiders. Obviously, they do got a great backup in Case Keenum, who I think could fill in pretty well for Baker until, like, at least next week. But, you know, this game will not be moved due to the pandemic. So, whatever the Browns have to offer as a team is whatever they got to go out there and play the Raiders against, which I think is can be pretty good. Um, there were at least 15 games that were rescheduled in 2020 due to the pandemic. So, I don't think that, you know... They're going to allow that to happen again. So, yes. The Brown players that are listed, other than Kevin Stefanski, who's not a player, he's actually a coach, who's listed and tested positive this week on the no, on the COVID-19 list, is, like I said before, quarterback Baker Mayfield, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, you know, Wyatt Teller, Dredrick Wills, um, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, um, to Karis McKinley and John Johnson the third, Cleveland right now is seven and six in a tight race in the AFC North between Baltimore eight and five, Cincinnati seven and six, and Pittsburgh six six and one. Um, they're currently sitting as the eighth seed in the AFC playoffs after winning, you know, against Baltimore this past Sunday. Um, but like I said, Kevin Stefanski said it best. We have seen through last season, and I've seen it this year. Guys, step up. So, yes, you. I don't think it's going to affect Browns as much as Brown fans may think, even though the Raiders obviously are looking for a bounce back after their dreadful loss against Kansas City. But the pandemic is obviously something that's going to be a total bitch to a lot of people. Because the fact that they are currently, it's currently, you know, affecting locker rooms, affecting game statuses, game schedules, things of that nature. Like was already stated, at least 15 games were rescheduled because of this. Um, Roger Goodell is doing everything he can to not reschedule it. They actually had a new rule that if an unvaccinated player was, you know, forced to miss a game due to testing positive, their team can be disqualified from competition because I'm assuming you're supposed to be vaccinated. Some are not. Thankfully, no tests came out yet that they weren't. So that's that's actually a good sign, especially if you're the Browns, because you don't want to, you can't afford to be disqualified right now. You really can't. Not with all this on the line, not only for this Saturday, but for the remainder of the season. So, yes, that's all I got for this segment right now. I will catch you again on next segment, which will be the final segment of the show. Thank you to all who are currently listening. And, yeah, see you next segment. Welcome to the final segment of the Mike Bomb Podcast. It's your host, me, Shayla, for the last time of this episode, checking in. And this will be the preview of tonight's matchup between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, which will be game two of this divisional series between these two. Obviously, Chargers are currently sitting here with a record, I believe, at 7-6, second in the NFC West behind Kansas City, who are sitting here 
and I believe it's eight and four. Oh no, correct me. Nine and four for Kansas City, eight and five for the LA Chargers. So this matchup is actually gonna be a lot more interested than many think. Because here's the deal. The Chargers, I believe, are the fifth seed in the AFC right now. Which means that the playoffs was to start, you know, today, the Chargers would be in. And and sitting at eight and five, hosting the Chiefs nine and four, who you actually beat. You know, the first time you met in Arrowhead. So, you're bringing them home to SoFi. Um, this is actually going to be a matchup that's, you know, going to be one to watch. Because, obviously, the Chiefs sitting at 9-4. The Chargers sitting at 8-5. Chargers winning game one. Hosting the Chiefs tonight in SoFi. It's, it's a lot on the line here. And I think that's the more up story of every AFC game this year, unless you're the Jaguars and the Texans, who are practically eliminated, along with the Jets as well. But everyone else is pretty much up in the air for you. Because, like I said, the AFC is going to be a juggernaut until the final week. Period, point blank. But back to the game, um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, having an eight, Obviously, being 800 career win percentage on the road, which is the highest since 1970, um, with a minimum of 25 road starts. So when you're above, when you're 800 or better on the road, which is damn near perfect, you know, you have a lot of questions if you're the Chiefs. Well, if you're the Chargers, because the Chargers did lose to the Broncos. You know who. The Chiefs did beat and you know, what many would say they're bounced back. And I think Kansas City is looking to repay the favor towards the Chargers and beat the Chargers, you know, in their home turf, you know, today. Um, and yeah, that's just going to be the story. Obviously, the key factors will be offensively Patrick Mahomes, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, Wide receiver Travis, I mean, Tyreek Hill, tight end Travis Kels. Um, I think, you know, you also got to look at safety Tyron Matthews. I think you also got to look at defensive tackle Chris Jones, who's been making a great massive noise, you know, throughout this winning streak of Kansas City. And I think the Chiefs are starting to find themselves with Patrick Mahomes being 27 for 12 this season, 94.9 QBR rating. Um, 258 yards, 10.8 yards per pass, 139.2 rating last week against the Raiders. Coming off pretty hot. And if you want to watch this game, it's going to be on Fox, NFL, Amazon. Obviously, if you want to listen to it, it will be NFL Game Pass, Westwood One, Cyrus TX, no, Cyrus XM, and TuneIn Radio as well. With all of this being said, the money's obviously going to be on the Chiefs based on how they've looked versus how the Chargers have looked, even though the Chargers does have, you know, the victory against them week one when they beat them 30-24 to in Arrowhead, which honestly shocked a lot of people, including me. But, because I did not see that coming from anyone. But with all of this being said, the Chiefs coming into this game as the fourth offense in the league 
while the Chargers are being ranked coming in ranked as the sixth offense in the league. So these are two top five, top ten offenses going back and forth. The Chiefs are 24th ranked in defense. The Chargers are ranked 16th. You know, Chiefs are ranked 6th in the pass. The Chargers are ranked 5th in the pass. Rushing, they're both in at least the bottom 25, I'll say, with the Chiefs being ranked 16th um, and the Chargers being ranked 21st. Chargers did have, you know, a couple of people testing positive, um, but obviously they're expected to play, so... That's a good thing. Obviously, Michael Davis is going to be a factor. Dor James is going to be a factor. Um, Joey Boza is another one who I think, you know, Chiefs really got to have an answer for. Because if not, it just might be Arrowhead all over again where Kansas City doesn't win. But if you're the Chargers, it's like, what are you going to do with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes who are finding their momentum and finding their way back here, you know, coming back to their normal selves. It's a lot that's going to be determined tonight. Obviously, these are two very high-power offenses, top five, top ten in the league. Um, it's 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 going to be a slugfest. Obviously, I'm expecting a close game. But the question is, who am I going to pick to win this game? Am I going to pick Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to beat the Chargers and tie the series and keep their hopes alive? Or can we pick the L.A. Chargers, you know, to, to do something that has not been done in a while, which is sweep the Kansas City Chiefs and regain their league back? You know, the Chiefs O-line did, you know, allow 24 sacks this year, which is tied for the seventh in the league. So their O-line has not really been at its best rate. Um, Justin Herbert, 281 yards, four touchdowns, 125, you know, QBR rating, um, passer rating in their last meeting. Week 14, he was 275, three touchdowns, 133.1 rating. So he's coming off a pretty hot game as well. Um, he's actually, honestly, I'll pick him as my breakout star of the year, honestly, because this season to me is his breakout. But, who, okay, if you want to cover the spread, I'll say pick Kansas City based on, obviously, the Chiefs being the favorites because who their quarterback is, period. That's the reason why they're the favorite because, obviously, the hype of Patrick Mahomes, all that he's done so far in his young career, you know, the Chiefs are currently number one. The history of the Chiefs being the number one in their division and things like that. You know, people not believe in the Chiefs will let that go. People don't believe in the Chargers, even though they are, you know, 15 turnovers, which is tied for eighth. There's a lot of questions about both of these teams. But if I'm picking, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. You know, obviously, if you want to go for the underdog, you obviously would pick the Chargers because regardless of them beating Kansas City, they did lose to Denver, who Kansas City defeated technically annihilated so that questions um i'm picking the chiefs to win this game i think the chiefs are going to tie the series they're going to keep their league alive in the division the lead alive in the division so with all of this being said i got 
27-24 Kansas City wins and, you know, keep their hopes of repeating as three-time AFC West division champions alive and go from there. Now we're on to what I would like to call NFL Weekly Pick'em because moving on, there are a lot more games other than that. Obviously, I already told you I had Kansas City winning tonight for Thursday Night Football, um, 27-24. That's my pick. I think Kansas City is going to win in a close one. But now, who's my pick? To, who's also my pick to come out this week? Um, starting off with Saturday games is what I'm going to start off with. Because I think that, you know, these are some pretty interesting games and good games that's going to be played this week as well. And we can actually start off with... Uh, Let's just say the 430 game between the Cleveland Browns, who will be host at 76, who will be hosting the Las Vegas Raiders, who are 6-7. and seven. Even though not having Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and many others are going to hurt them, but I think the Browns are going to overcome their deficiencies and continue their win streak to keep their ASC North hopes alive of winning the division for the first time ever, along with um, keeping their playoff hopes alive. So with all of this being said, I'm picking the Browns to beat the Raiders. I think that the Browns are going to win this game and improve to 8-6 and six of the season and continue their win streak. Um... Yeah, so I got the Browns to win. I got 24-21 Cleveland. Patriots and Colts the, the, for the night game. Obviously winning eight straight games versus the Indianapolis Colts, including the playoffs. Even though the Colts do have Jonathan Taylor, and like I said in the previous segment of this episode, it is going to be Jonathan Taylor versus Bill Belichick. But even though Jonathan Taylor is at home at 7-6 versus the Patriots, who are 9-4, I got the Patriots to continue that win streak. I think they're going to continue to win nine games. They're going to continue their streak to nine games versus the Colts. And I think they're going to win this game. So I got 28-21 Patriots win, advance to 10-4. Colts fall to 7-7. Cowboys and Giants, 9-4 Dallas Cowboys will be traveling to MetLife to play the 4-9 Giants. Dallas won eight out of nine games versus New York, um, you know, in recent matchups. And I think that's going to continue. I think they're going to extend their streak to nine out of 10 games. So I got 27-13 Dallas. I think the Cowboys are going to dominate that game. Uh, Giants are too banged up. I don't think they're going to have answers offensively nor defensively for the Cowboys. Not for Michael Person or... Um, you know, Dak, Zeke, none of them. I don't think, like, the Cowboys or even, I mean, the Giants, correct me, is going to have answers for them. So, that game I'm expecting Dallas to dominate. I got 27-13 Dallas. 
310 Jets will be traveling to Hard Rock Stadium to play the 6-7 Dolphins, allowing 30.5 points per game this season, which is the most in the NFL. And I think that's going to continue. I like the way the Dolphins are playing, even though three out of four of their running backs are on COVID, if not all three of their backs are on COVID, including Philip Lindsay, who just recently joined that list. I think that's not going to matter this game. I expect the Dolphins to come out with the victory. So I got, even though this is going to be a close game because the Dolphins are coming in with practically without a running game, but I got mm, 21-18 Miami wins in Hard Rock and, win it, and wins at home. 2-11 Texans will be playing the 2-11 Jaguars, traveling to Jacksonville, Houston won 7 out of you know, won seven straight games versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And with all the drama, I think that's going to continue. I don't think the Jaguars' heads are where they need to be at for the season. And even though both team seasons is practically over with, the Texans are going to get their third victory this Sunday. So I got 24-10 to 10 Houston. They will sweep the Jaguars and continue their streak and extend their winning streak to eight straight wins. The another one o'clock game, Washington football team who was six and seven versus the Philadelphia Eagles, who are six and seven. Philadelphia, two point ten point five rush yards per game since week eight, which is the most in the NFL. Um I think that's gonna continue. So I'm gonna pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win this game. I got twenty four twenty one Philadelphia to beat the Washington football team and approve the seven to seven. Washington obviously will fall to six and eight. Um, 10-3 Cardinals versus the 1-11-1 Lions. Arizona is 7-0 on the road this this season. Won each game by 10 points or more. With all of this being said, I think that's going to continue. I don't think the Lions are going to be a match for the Cardinals, even though they are going to be missing wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins for the remainder of the regular season. They're expecting to have him back for the postseason with a knee injury. Um... With all of this being said, I got who? I got 35 to 14 Cardinals. I think that's going to be a blowout win. Honestly, the Cardinals, I mean, Lions not having DeAndre Swift, missing at least two out of three of their starting cornerbacks, best DBs, both for the year. It's going to hurt them in the end. And I cannot trust Jared Goff versus that Cardinals defense. I'm sorry, I just can't. Um,. Even though he did have a history of beating them in L.A., but the system in L.A. is not even, you know. Well, let me put it like this. The system in Detroit, correct me, is not even half as good as the system in L.A. So I don't think that's going to matter in this game. And this is clearly not the same Cardinals team he played in the past. Um, Five and eight Carolina Panthers will be, you know, traveling to 7-6 to play, you know, traveling to Highmark Stadium to play the 7-6 Buffalo Bills. Um, Carolina did lose 8 out of their last 10 games, started the season 3-0, and and I think, you know, that's going to continue. I don't see Cam Newton beating Josh Allen. I don't think he got the factors around him. Having, you know, losing Christian McCaffrey is going to hurt them because obviously you're going to have to run the ball against Buffalo. They're a very pass-happy defense who prides themselves on getting to your quarterback, breaking up passes, intercepting them, things of that nature. With all of this being said, I got 
27-14 Buffalo wins at home. Um, 7-6 Bengals will be traveling to Malhai Stadium to play the 7-6 Broncos. Denver did win 3 out of 4 of their last games versus Cincinnati. But I don't think that's going to continue, you know, in Malhai. I could be wrong, but to cover the spread, I'm going to pick the Bengals to win this game. I'm going to pick 27-24 Cincinnati. Um, six and seven Falcons will travel to, to play, you know, travel to Levi Stadium to play the seven to six Arizona, you know, I'm in San Francisco 49ers, correct me. San Francisco did lose eight out of their last 11 home games at Levi, but I don't think that's going to continue. I think they're going to continue their hot streak and keep themselves in the playoff run. I'm not liking what I see from Atlanta this whole year offensively nor defensively and I don't think they're going to have answers for George Kittle nor Debo Samuels nor any of the 49ers running backs and I think that their pass rush is going to give Jimmy Garoppolo too much time more time than they can actually afford to um be able to pass the ball and run the ball and things of that nature and going to allow San Francisco to do what they want so with all of this being said I got 28 14 San Francisco. I think they're going to improve to seven. I think they're going to prove correct me to eight and six. And the uh, Falcons are going to fall to six and eight. Packers versus Ravens. 10 and three Green Bay Packers will be traveling to MIT Bank Stadium versus the eight and five Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens um, being five and one at home this year and three and four on the road. I think that streak, unfortunately, is going to stop. I got the Packers to beat the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. I got 27-17 to 17 with Lamar being pretty banged up. The, the Ravens missing Marlon Humphrey. Um, they're also going to be missing Marcus Peters for the remainder of the season, along with their other DBs. I think that this is going to be the game where it really backfired on them. So I got... 28 to, I'm going to say because the Ravens going to play him close. So 28 to 21, or no, correct me, 35 to 28, Green Bay. Packers will go to 11 and 3. Ravens will fall to 8 and 6 of the season. Who? Seahawks versus Rams. Rams did win four out of their last games versus the Seahawks, including the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to put my 1-0 streak of picking the Rams to win on the line here and have them beat the Seahawks to go to 10-4 of the season. And the Seahawks, unfortunately, will fall to 5-9. Um, I'm picking, hmm, I got 24-21 Rams win. Saints at Bucks. The Saints did beat the Bucks, you know, at least three out of four of the recent matchups, but not having James Winston is gonna hurt them. Um with all of this being said, they actually won six straight games in the regular season against the Bucks. So this will be the Sunday night football game. You can watch on NBC Network if you're not busy or on your apps, you know, on your phones. On the NFL app, whatever, it's going to be playing there. Six to seven Saints will be traveling to play the 10 to three Tampa Bay Bucks. The Tampa Bay beats, you know, the Saints this Sunday. They will obviously clinch a playoff berth and clinch theirs. I meant the NFC South title. 
for the first time since 2003, I believe it was. With all of this being said, I got the Bucks to beat the Saints in their losing streak and go to 11-3 while the Saints would fall to 6-8. And, and yeah, so I got who? I got 28-25 Tampa Bay. Monday night football game, 6-7 and seven Vikings at 4-9 and nine Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears did win five out of six of their games versus Minnesota. I don't think that's going to continue. I think the Vikings are going to beat the Bears, you know, on the road and prove the 7-7 seven seven, while the Bears will fall the 4-10 of the season. Um, I got 21-18 Chicago. I mean, correct me, Minnesota. And that is all of my... Week 15 weekly pickums. You can watch all these games either on CBS, NFL Network, Fox Sports. You know, if you have the Dofu Sports app on your phone, you can download it on the App Store or the Play Store and watch it there. And if you have Amazon, obviously you can watch it on your Fire Stick and things of that nature and go from there. That's all I got this episode. Thank you to who all who is listening, who stuck through this long ass episode um your support is truly appreciated and yeah now i'm out see you next episode welcome to the mike bomb podcast the podcast where the bombs get thrown thank you for tuning in to the latest episode this is your host may shayla exiting out but before i do I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, followed, and listened to the podcast and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues, along with more news about the podcast. Thank you for your support, and see you next episode.